you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL podcast is not afraid of the Turk. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Full house. Just like when you were in Vegas. Full house. I'd, Cards I reference. don't gamble. Yes, <laughs> I know you don't. Mark Sessler's back. Welcome back, buddy. Glad to be here. It feels like uh, ages since I've sat in here with you. I don't know how long it's been. You a, promised a he promised the Sizzler of being here with double barrel fist pumps. Oh yeah. Uh, initially, I said revolvers. I know you don't you don't listen to the show. So, but I said that you'd be <laughs> back with two revolvers shooting yeah. when you returned, and then I downgraded it to avoid a suspension to two fists. <laughs> I'd be like the first time I ever made that motion. So that was kind of a risk. You on really your part. are like the last guy that would ever pump your fist. For anything, I feel like. By the way, I listen to the show because <laughs> I am here. He's not a fist-pumping guy. I hear the show because I am involved in it. Okay. All right, listen. Back off, man. we got a great show today, so get <laughs> excited. Uh, we are going to – this is our big Week 5 preview show. People get very excited for the Week 5 preview show just because the way we do it, we just break down all the games, and we, and we cut right through all the malarkey. Do you think you know, they'll Greg? be excited for Week 6, too? Or is this just Maybe. specific to Week 5 preview? If, if Week 4 is any indication, Week 6 will also be – there will be a wild uh, celebration when people listen to this because it's <laughs> going to be so great. Uh, so we're going to go through all those games. Also, because maybe at some point we'll mix it into the middle of the show because it's something we have to touch on. Greg Rosenthal, known as the boss, had his first – not his first QB index post, but his first one where he broke down the, essentially the power rankings, 1 to 32 – Dropped him, so we're going to talk about Greg's list a little bit. One that Chris Wessling was completely on board with, almost suspiciously so. Mm. No qualms whatsoever with the list. I was told that I should have had more problems with his list just because it doesn't seem like our podcast. So I 
I, you know, my answer to that is: Should we stick it up like other places and just mm. generate false Wait, who, debates? No, don't who worry. I have that? some issues with the the QB index. So, all right. It'll, it'll I thought you being so nice meant you were gonna be asking for something soon or something. And like, you know, I don't <laughs> think that's my mo. <laughs> and Sessler privately told me he had major issues with Greg's work as well. So <laughs> there will definitely be some real conversation. I just want to know what Lackey told Chris that he had to drum up false debate it was you know where do we, where do we usually get this stuff on twitter mm. oh you know what no by the way i, I wasn't going to bring this up but no uh, snitches get stitches but you will bring it up yeah i made a, a joke about the colts uh punter uh what's his name pat McAfee. pat mcafee and that right there is kind of disrespectful uh, you know what and someone had to re- report it back to pat mcafee and then he dropped the ultimate twitter bomb where you really don't recover from and he says I don't know who Dan Hansis is. <laughs> That's how it was. Re- yeah. NFL media heat. Yeah. I wasn't even involved in that, but I went in and preemptively blocked that guy just for that move. <laughs> who, Pat McAfee or the snitch? The snitch. Yeah. So you know what? Just li- listen, listeners. We love you. You love us. We're all in this trust tree together. Let's keep it in-house sometimes. Sometimes you of- get... It's good to get the word out, and that's how you get the Stitcher and the Best of 2013 iTunes Award. I don't know where the Stitcher Award is, but it's somewhere. But sometimes you keep it in-house. It's like an Italian family. A lot of beef right now with the Around the NFL podcast. Yeah. Between this and the Move the it's Sticks a, podcast. When you're on yeah, top, a lot of people want to right, shout it, at you. It's a tried-and-true sports radio method to getting more listeners. It's called punching up. So that's what Damashek is doing, and that's what Move the Sticks is doing. Uh, mm. They're punching up, trying to get some attention from the It's a little uh, – Damashek, too. It's a little petulant. It's a little punching up but also hitting out, whatever, just hit, clawing at people. I don't like people. the lack of harmony. How do you guys think 50 Cent went platinum, guys? You know, that was it. Beef, yeah. Beef yeah. Well, TD, just an FYI, because you have your hands in the soup with every one of these podcasts, you, it, it benefits you because, you, you know, come on. Mm. He's not he, – it's not even Where's just his hand. He is in the middle of the pot stirring it up. Are we your priority? You know how I look at it, and we'll use – TD, I know you're a rap fan. Remember in 2007 when Kanye was releasing Graduation yeah. and 50 Cent and 50, was releasing Curtis or whatever yep. it was? And Curtis talked all this garbage, and then 50 Cent, uh, and then Kanye dropped a monster album, and it was over. We're yeah. graduation. That's, that's, that's I, true. It's all about the work. All right. <laughs> we had to settle that. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah. So, let's get into Before we do anything, let's, uh, let's go to the Thursday night game, of course, in Lambeau, the Vikings against the Packers, and uh, talk about that one. Thanks, Dan. I uh, wish we had a fun game to talk about, we, but we really don't. This game was over by halftime. The Packers drubbed the Minnesota Vikings 42-10, to Chris Wesseling. Aaron Rodgers just watched the Matt Flynn for the fourth quarter. We've seen a lot of this on Thursday night. What, what were your big takeaways? Uh, from the second quarter of the Bears game through the end of the third quarter tonight, the Bears went, the Packers went on a 66 to nothing run. They're clicking on all cylinders. That is ridiculous. Remember, I mean, I know the Bears and Vikings aren't the two best teams in the NFL, but these are two win teams. They're two, you know, they're both two and two, and the Packers are treating them like the Jaguars or the Raiders. More worse than that. Yeah, I think one of my other takeaways was Christian Ponder in the rain. <laughs> Bad idea against a Packers defense that hit him sixteen times. Bad idea. That it. I don't think we can take too much away from the Vikings tonight because he's not their quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is. Well, that's true, but their offensive line has been uneven all year. Like, they'll look okay when they play Atlanta, 
but Matt Khalil struggled. 16 quarterback hits is ridiculous. I know Ponder holds the ball too long sometimes, and he took six sacks, but I don't think that was the big problem. You know, a lot of people were honking about Ponder in the newsroom, making fun of him, and you know, look, he had a really bad night. One of his interceptions was terrible. The other one was because of quick pressure, and a lot of his bad throws were because of quick pressure, where the Packers especially Mike Daniels, were getting to him so fast that he had to get rid of the ball, and then the throws were bad. And, you know, the throws he did have time for weren't too good either. Mike Daniels has been a beast uh, the first five games, and we should also talk about Julius Peppers. Wait, making the leap, Mike Daniels, right? He is making See, the leap. we got one, right? And Julius Peppers. Oh, yeah. He's had a bounce-back season. His career's not over. The Bears had him playing out of position at defensive tackle quite a bit last year, and he's on a Pro Bowl pace now. The only player in NFL history with 100 sacks and 10 interceptions. He got around the corner a little faster, I think, than James Starks did tonight. I mean, he got around <laughs> the corner faster than some wide receivers. That was pretty impressive on the pick six. Also a fair assessment of James Starks' evening. <laughs> Peppers has outplayed Clay Matthews, by the way, this year. Matthews not totally really agree. not really having a good season, especially giving up a lot of big running plays. And Peppers has been very consistent. Look, Dan and I picked the Packers to win the Super Bowl this year because we thought this would be a complete team, not just Rodgers, that the offensive line was better than it usually was. We saw that tonight, especially in the running game, that the defense was going to be better than it's been the last couple of years. We really haven't seen that overall over the first month. This was certainly their most complete performance. So, you know, now here it's they're 3-2. and two. That 1-2 and two start really didn't hurt them too much, and they're kind of rounding into form. Do we see them as, you know, one of those NFC contenders? I do. Uh, I don't know if they're as good as the Seahawks. We saw that in the opener. But they have to be feeling good about what they saw out of Eddie Lacy. And if you doubted his talent tonight, you got a wake-up call. He was cutting very sharply, carrying defenders on his back, making defenders miss in open space. He looked phenomenal. That's a big boy. I mean, when he gets – to the second level when he can, when they can get a good block up front which they did they got they made some holes for him tonight then he's a lot to deal with and the Vikings defenders and we keep seeing this on Thursday night I mean this has been a disaster of these blowouts the three biggest blowouts in Thursday night history were the last three weeks according to Jim Nance and I have no reason to doubt Jim Nance no nobody does <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's it. We should get get back to previewing the games. Uh, I will send it back to you, Dan. Have a good rest of the show. All right, so that was Thursday night's game, and now we move forward to the rest of the Week 5 slate. Let's start with the Sunday night game where the New England Patriots, fresh off that, Greg, that humiliating road loss in Kansas City at Arrowhead, now have to welcome the Cincinnati Bengals to town, the 3-0 and Bengals which means undefeated. They have not lost, playing very well as a team, a complete team. The Patriots, meanwhile, a lot of struggles all over the place, but where everyone's focusing right now is the offense. How do we see this playing out, guys? I, I don't know. This, this for me, this game is the most fascinating game of the weekend. Ever in the world. Of the weekend, history. and I'll tell you why. Because the immediate reaction to what happened in New England because we're so used to them being this statue that just goes 11, 12 wins no matter what happens, was, and I don't entirely disagree, was an immediate defense of Tom Brady. Oh, it's not him. It's everything around him. And they do have problems around him. But if this is like the Patriots we've known for a long time, they're going to come out at home and drop a bomb on the Bengals. (laughs) I don't see that happening. No, you took the Bengals. I was surprised three of us 
took the Patriots. I thought I might be on an island. I have a rule. I always take the, the Revis Island. No matter what. Nailed it. Got it. Uh, I'm worried because in this matchup last year, the Bengals held the Patriots to six points. And this Bengals defense so far has been better than they were a year ago. So even the Patriots who were struggling on offense early, they had big-time problems with the size that Cincinnati has up front. The Bengals right now are on pace to give up fewer points than any team since the 2000 Ravens. It's interesting that you mentioned the defense of Tom Brady as the immediate reaction because what I've seen is basically the Patriots' season is over. Right. Because this loss happened on national TV and everyone saw it. I think there was a lot of defense. We wrote a post hours after the game that he's not the reason. Who wrote that post? Albert Breer went around the league and no one sees it as Brady's fault. And listen, I think the problem is he's got less time to throw than he ever has. And he's not a mobile guy. And he's... He, His receivers don't separate. And they have an offense There's, based around Julian Edelman. It seems Edelman. to be an offense-wide slump right now, but Brady is part of it. Brady's not playing well either. And one thing I, I want to point out, you know, D- Dobson deactivated two games uh, because of some issues with Josh McDaniels. That's something at a time where the where – Reportedly. The off, reportedly. Very wise, Greg. Don't want to leave us open for litigation. I'm just saying. It's not out there, really. It's just, you know, some tweets and whatnot. Yes. So you take him out of the mix. Amendola, Denny Amendola, I don't know, does he even exist anymore? Julian Edelman can't do it alone. Came out today, a report from the Boston Herald that Danny Amendola underwent groin surgery in the offseason, and the suspicion is that's contributing to his inability to produce. So basically, the Patriots' offense stinks, but they're awesome at concealing information. That that game is on fire because no one's reported this Dobson thing. No one knows Amendola. You know, they had a chance to sign Emmanuel Sanders at some point. Remember, they once tried to trade for him. They could have signed him for very cheap this year. Instead, they decided to keep Amendola, who's basically turned into Edelman's backup. If you were going to do that, Ouch. you might as well have kept Wes Welker. I mean, Greg, They're... hold on. You've had a lifetime, a decade plus, of just nothing but ease. No, they've no, had, hold on. who's I... had more painful playoff <laughs> losses in the last decade At than the Patriots? At least you're getting to the playoffs. You know your coach isn't fired by Sound like January a Yankee 5th. fan there. Be careful, Greg. But level <laughs> of concern. Lot. Like, you, this team, whatever happens to them, usually they figure out their offense by mid-October and they go on a 10-game win streak. Is this that team? I do think they will bounce back, yeah. I My level of concern is higher than it's been at any point since 2009. So I would say more than last year because last week, the fact that the defense just got blown away was more concerning because I was thinking this is a team, maybe the offense isn't going to be quite as great as it usually is, but this could legitimately be a top 10 defense, more talent than they've had for a while. If they're just another generic Patriots defense that's given up big yardage, then it's big-time trouble. All right, we'll see how it plays out Sunday night. Moving forward, so this is a big game. The Denver Broncos are facing the Arizona Cardinals in Denver. Cardinals coming off their bye week. Uh, without, most likely without Carson Palmer once again, who after a visit to a specialist, the, they, he was told that they weren't going to go down any surgical route at this point. They're still waiting for the nerve to, quote, awaken, which d- just doesn't sound great to me. But so Carson Palmer probably, Drew Stanton will make a third straight start. Uh, will the Arizona Cardinals hang with the Broncos in Denver with Drew Stanton? This is- I ask you, Greg Rosenthal. This is the game. This is the game where the Arizona Cardinals become the team of the Around the NFL podcast. Chris Wesseling said it, that if they go to Denver and they pull off the upset, the Cardinals, who I've been backing since day one, Bruce Arians, best coach in the league right now, making Drew Stanton kind of fun to watch with 
Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown. I think they can hang with the Broncos. Broncos couldn't blow out Kansas City in Denver, so I don't think they'll blow out Arizona either. If you ask me which first-place team right now has the best chance of missing the playoffs, it would be the Arizona Cardinals. They've played three close games that could have gone either way. Well, that's because they're in Seattle's games. division. Right? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, I feel like they've played three close games that could have gone either way. I feel like Todd Bowles' defense has been doing it with smoke and mirrors, and that's going to be put to the test against – Broncos offense. Isn't that a glass, you know, half-empty approach, though? Because from another angle, they're extremely well-coached from Arians, and they're, they're squeaking these wins out. Here's an interesting stat, cur- courtesy of the NFL media research team. Uh, Peyton Manning has to deal with two very good cornerbacks. Antonio Cromartie, another guy the Jets decided they didn't want last year or this past offseason, has been targeted 13 times and allowed six catches for 52 yards, no wow. touchdowns. Three passes defense. Patrick Peterson targeted 15 times, allowed nine catches for 64 yards and two touchdowns with one pass defense. So actually, Cromartie's having a better season, I guess, statistically at this point. But those are two very good corners. So Peyton Manning, who's not putting up historic numbers this year, the offensive as a whole, they're not going to score 600 points this year. Denver, it doesn't look like. That's how they win this game. They, they need to keep the score to, to a minimum because Drew Stanton's not going to be winning in a shootout. These are two teams I don't think we know much about yet. Partly because they've only played three games. They're both coming off a bye. Wes mentioned it. The Cardinals have won kind of crazy games. I thought they were outplayed in week one, and they managed to win. They were outplayed in New York, managed to win, had a nice performance against San Francisco in week three. Denver, I don't know what to take from Denver either. I mean, they were outgained by Kansas City in Denver. They were great in the first half of week one, pretty lousy in the second. They didn't really move the ball in Seattle. You have to give them credit for getting into overtime there. I don't know what this Broncos team is right now. They had a week for Demarius Thomas to get healthier, which should help. Yeah, He's been well below his normal level of play. Wes Welker was out for the majority of the first quarter of the season. I love the way their defense is playing, and I, I feel like Von Miller is right back to where he was before the ACL injury. What if the Cardinals just lose by a field goal at the last second? That's not well, part of the deal. What, so you wouldn't jump on board? No. What more do they have to do? Beat the Broncos. Give me a break. A what sort of a hoop have you, are you having them have Yeah, that sounds like the toughest. <laughs> Who would be favored in Denver well, at this me, point in the entire NFL? Ask, Seattle wouldn't be favored. Let me favored. ask you this. What do the Lions have to do to be the team of ATL? Let's be stay in, on point here. interesting? They're far more Not interesting than the dome. Cardinals. Not playing a dome. We'd all, rather watch Drew Stanton than Matthew Stafford. That is more than Drew one Stanton player to is electricity personified. <laughs> we all picked the Broncos straight across the board here, so, you know. I could see the the Broncos uh, playing a tight game, but at the same time, we all see Denver winning. So, what does you know, that say? You know what Chris Wesseling loves most in a quarterback? Delivering while getting hit. I do, yeah. you know what's written right here on the notebook? <laughs> Stanton, very scratch. tough delivering while hit. It's proof. I, I agree. He's your man. I like Drew Stanton. I think they're a more interesting team with him than with Carson Palmer. Did you did it, do you guys any of you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. Every episode. You know Charlie Day how he had, writes in his own language? Yes. <laughs> TD, is it can we show this on the TV screen? We're showing it right <laughs> now. On the, on the right. magical TV yeah. screen. Wait, are there any symbols in there like a sock and a cat? Well, there are little That's some Charlie some, Day yeah, scratch. That's a, yeah. It reminds me more of the Kevin Spacey character from Seven. (laughs) Well, that's not a good comparison. (laughs) All right, so that's it. Day, man. Moving forward. All right, let's head to Indianapolis where the Indianapolis Colts will take on the Baltimore Ravens. Andrew Luck is playing out of his mind right now. Uh, The last two games, eight touchdown passes. 
75% completion percentage, 60 of 80, one interception, uh, just playing great. The Baltimore Ravens, meanwhile, uh, have to face uh, Andrew Luck for the first time since the 2012 playoffs. They don't have a lot of um, knowledge of him, at least face-to-face. Chris Wessling, I ask you, Andrew Luck, is he heading into like a phase right now where he's just going to be unstoppable no matter who he sees? Certainly looks like it. I mean, we can talk about the subpar defenses he's faced. But he's doing things – he's putting on a clinic on dealing with pressure. It just does not affect him. Pa- pressure in his face doesn't affect him. And his teammates are putting him in some bad spots. If you watch last week's games, in the first quarter, first half, they keep getting penalties and making it third and ten. He keeps moving them and getting first downs. Mm-hmm. And it's third and 15 because they keep doing false starts or holding. And he keeps completing the third down passes and leading them down for a score. With all of that stacked against him, he's still – He's, he's playing almost perfectly the last two weeks. But I don't think we can just gloss over the fact that now he gets to play a real NFL team outside of the AFC South. I mean, it's nice when you're 0-2 and you get to play the Titans and the Jaguars back-to-back and make everyone feel better. The Ravens, I think this defense is coming together. Doomerville and Suggs played very well last week. They're very weak at safety, though, which worries me going into that stadium against this group of receivers. They've given up some big plays. Darian Stewart, they're just missing a lot of plays. Matt Elam has given up a lot of big plays. Yeah, both, I think that's their weakest position, and so there could be a lot of big plays. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring, both these offenses. I like are the matchup good. of – I think Joe Flacco has been put into the best offense he's had in the NFL. I think they, the, the Kubiak, number one, this, this running attack – has been successful week after week. And we're looking at a, a, a rather vanilla Colts defense that ha- doesn't scare you on any front. I think there are going to be – we're looking like a 37-30 type game right here. The scariest thing about them is how West pronounces uh, Bjorn Werner's name. <laughs> they like got that. nothing on defense. That's why – I think that's Wait, what now i got to hear it. Can you pronounce it? Bjorn Werner? Bjorn Werner! <laughs> Here's a – by the way, you – the – Ravens offensive line, wasn't that on your top ten surprises list? It was. They were historically inept players. Can I they, read you a stat? They couldn't protect Flacco. They couldn't open up running lanes. Please, let's hear this your stat. This is all from the NFL Media Research Guide. Joe Flacco has not been sacked in his last three games, marking the first three-game stretch of his career without a sack. Mm. The Ravens have never gone four straight games without allowing a sack. So Flacco is playing a lot better this year so far than he did last year. Look no further than what's in front of him. And they're also great blocking for the run. I mean, they're making Justin Forsett and Talia Farrow look like a perfectly good starting duo to rack up some yards. That's impressive. Their interior line destroyed Carolina last week. I mean, they pushed the Panthers around. And it feels like that game got a little lost in the Steve Smith, you know, bonanza. Like, everyone was paying attention to Steve. Hullabaloo. I mean, they killed them. Their offense looked good against the Browns. Their offenses look good every week. That's why they're going into Indianapolis. They should have two Pro Bowl guards, and Marshall Yanda and Assembly. And yet you guys all took the Colts. We are clowns. split on this well, game. Greg Ro- you know, that's not by nice, that. by the way. <laughs> Calling us clowns. Greg Rosenthal and Kevin Patrick both took the Ravens. Uh, the rest of us took the Colts. I'm just, right now, at home, Andrew Luck, I will not go against them. Greg is not it's into winning simple. games. Greg hates uh, Andrew Luck ever since he here. called him out. Yeah. That's not Greg true. did a yeah. few weeks ago after a subpar game said that Andrew Luck was I a middling he, quarterback in the NFL and now it's coming back at him. He, he said when cold. Andrew Luck has a cold streak, it's different than any other quarter, quarterback's cold streak. No, he's he is streaker than other quarterbacks. All right, scientists. Mm. Okay. All right, next up, let's go through, as we always do every week, we, we highlight the games that uh, we call our hero picks when only one of the around the NFL team picked a certain team to win a game going against the field 
and uh, we call this segment Defend Your Hero. Defend your hero. All right. Handsome Hank. Thank you, buddy. All right. So we'll start. Why don't we start with the Cleveland Browns, who uh, are hosting the Tennessee Titans, coming off their bye week. The Titans who, you know, sad to say, uh, if you missed Wednesday's show, Mark, they were forked. They're out. They're they're no longer uh, in contention for a playoff spot in our minds. So they're not exactly a relevant team. And now the Browns get to come off a bye and play that game against the uh, Titans team that I guess is going to have Jake Locker back. But who's getting excited about that even? You would think this would be a game we would all agree on the Browns potentially. But no, Chris Wessling goes with the Titans. And you and Greg, I think you said it downstairs. Uh, Wes has gone full heel with the Browns. He likes to poke Mark. He, uh, He's poking the bear, little teddy bear. Yeah. He's, it's He's trolling. trolling. He's trolling yeah, him trolling. hard. So uh, you, you troll so hard, Wes. <laughs> Defend your hero. That whole narrative that you guys have laid out could not be any further from the truth. The Browns, <laughs> to me, are like the Rams, the Raiders, maybe the Jaguars, several teams that haven't been successful in a decade. And until they are successful – I'm probably going to default to the other team when it's a game where it's it's a pick 'em game. Yeah, but don't you think the Browns have looked better than the Titans this year? Significantly. Yes, and if they were playing at Cleveland, I would take them. What about the Titans makes you think they're ready to win a game against anyone? They lost the, by like 30. Nothing. Three weeks. Nothing about the Titans makes me think they're gonna, they're ready to. So win. you think this is a, essentially what you're saying this is a matchup between two bad teams and one, somebody's got to win. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Brian Hoyer, who not you, a strong defense. Brian Hoyer, who you left off your uh, top 10 surprise, you put him in honorable mention. I have this stat, uh, has thrown 156 straight passes without an INT. That's the longest stretch in the NFL. Philip Rivers is 39 passes behind Hoyer. Then on the flip side, uh, a negative thing for the Browns. And their defense, as we talked about on Wednesday, is really what's held them back in their 1-2 start. Joe Hayden uh, has given up a pass rating of 155.3, third highest in the NFL. Uh, amongst cornerbacks with at least 25% snaps played. Uh, Mark, I'll ask you. You've watched these games very closely. What what happened to Joe Hayden? Is he not healthy? And how much how big is that for the Browns' defense? I think he's healthy. Hayden may be one of the better examples of some of the new rules on the cornerbacks affecting mm-hmm. his play. He he was he thrived as a very physical cornerback for years, and that's how he shut down bigger guys like AJ Green when he had success against them and. I don't know if it's I, – I, I'm not saying it's just that. He, he also has a, had a tendency in the past to give up big plays and big moments. A long, he'll, have, he'll have a strong 57 minutes, then one minute that undoes everything. Well, part of the reason his numbers are so bad is they've only played three games, and in one of those games, Jimmy Graham you know, went up and down the field with Hayden on his back. I don't know what more Hayden could have done in that game. He was all over Graham, for all, and Graham's making great catches. That, yeah. He caught like eight passes. Yeah, Wesleyan, I mean, I, I – I don't have a problem with Wesleyan picking between what you see as two relatively vanilla teams, the home team. It's, I don't have an issue there. You you seem relatively comfortable to be nestled in last place in our picks. Wow. When you pick against a team that beat your Super Bowl pick. Wes, not thrilled right now. Wes. I just want to know, you've seen nothing from Cleveland. I, what, what is it that you've seen from Tennessee? Give me something that you like about the Titans. What, how many wins do the Browns have? 
One? They have one, but they Uno. beat right. the, the Titans Saints. do too, Uno. and they beat the Chiefs, who slaughtered the Patriots. So we can play this back and forth all day. And I'll remind you, it's Week Four. Let's check the standings at the end of the year. That's how things work. All right, Ugh. so that is – this is a great showdown for Sunday in the newsroom. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to sit back and enjoy it all. So, yes, we I'm all – I'm going to assign this game to Patra. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Browns against the Titans. All right, moving on. Another hero pick, the Atlanta Falcons, who have looked pretty great, uh, pretty damn great at home in the Georgia Dome this season. Uh, some really nice wins where their offense looked uh, almost un- unstoppable. Have not looked that great on the road, especially in Minnesota in week four where they gave up, I believe, 550 yards of total offense. Uh, they head to the Meadowlands to play a giant team that has a quarterback in Eli Manning that has really played great football the last two weeks. The Giants have bounced back after a bad start, and yet there's Mark Sessler. He says, forget about it. Forget things like stats. Forget things like trends. The Atlanta Falcons are due for a big road win, so he picked them. So I ask you, Mark Sessler, to defend your hero. Well, I don't know. It was very late at night, and I ran through. <laughs> How did I know it was going to start this way? <laughs> I just you know, was going left to right picking teams, and I picked the Falcons. And but why? I, well, I don't know. Now I'm looking at the fact that Matt Ryan has not won a game outdoors in his last eight attempts, and that concerns me on some level. But wasn't you know his what? spot last week, at least. Well, West defended his right. hero better than Mark did. All I'll say, though, <laughs> is that the Falcons – are going to be a sneaky team to maybe win that division or get into uh, the playoffs as a wild card. you got to go on the road and win a couple of these games. This is one that they have to take care of business. The Giants, uh, I think the Giants are, are a much improved team from where they were earlier in the year, which is, you know, less than a month ago. So that's not that long. But this may be a little bit of a battle for that final playoff spot. Ooh. Matt Ryan has lost eight straight starts in games played outdoors. You don't say. And that was that the same stat you you laid <laughs> yeah, out. It, I, you knowledge. added some emphasis to that. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you. Drop that hammer. This was out one there. of my pa- this was my power pick this week, and I never picked the Giants. Duracell power. I realized pick. about halfway through that sentence, like why why does that sound familiar? <laughs> Mark said it 68 <laughs> seconds earlier. The Giants have disassembled their last two opponents. They're playing really well, and the Falcons do not play well outdoors, as you saw in Minnesota last week. Ooh, how about this one, by the way? Eli, 29-7 and seven in October. Well, you put that percent <laughs> winning percentage, best of any month in his career. That means nothing. Brian well, Billick we'll said this week that the Falcons have the worst defensive talent in the league, which I found interesting because his brother-in-law coaches the Falcons. <laughs> so maybe you get a little bit of an insight into what Mike Smith is thinking about this lousy point. defense that he's coaching, giving up 558 yards to Teddy Bridgewater and Jarek McKinnon. They have no pass rush. That's why I I can't really get into your hero pick, Mark. The Kansas City Chiefs are hitting the road. Do the 49ers just play all home games this year? Is that what's happening? (laughs) That's what it feels like to me. They're at Levi's Stadium. The Chiefs coming off a great win against the, the Patriots on Monday night. Now they head to San Francisco to face the Niners. It's hard to make any sense of the Niners right now. As we all know, they came out with that win against the Eagles this past week. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, perhaps because it was so close to home, his Patriots were the team on the on the losing end against the Chiefs, is sticking with the Chiefs. He thinks they're going to put together another big win and, and announce themselves as one of the true early surprise teams in the NFL. Defend your hero. They've been man. one of the best teams in the NFL the last three weeks in a row. Tell me the result that wasn't impressive. They go I into like this Denver. One. 
and they outgained the Broncos. That wasn't that impressive. The Broncos took their foot off the gas they pedal. Played, they played them straight up. You watch that game, and they look like two even teams. Alex Smith goes toe-to-toe. Weren't the Broncos 21 to nothing in that game? They were and then took the their ball. foot off the gas pedal? They moved the ball the whole game. Mm. The Broncos only had seven drives. It wasn't The Chiefs' defense didn't particularly play well. I think you're the one going full heel here on the 49ers. Well, that might be a part of it, too. <laughs> hey, I, I believe in something, and the, and the 49ers haven't shown me enough to believe otherwise. Colin Kaepernick's not playing well. I think Alex Smith right now— You're selling him short. He's, Alex Smith is playing better than Colin Kaepernick. If, That's if, true. Well, Colin imagine Kaepernick us saying that is, a couple years ago when they got rid of Alex Smith. You have to give Colin Kaepernick credit for one thing, though. He's messing up some plays, but he's making some very hard plays yeah. to make. He makes three or four— wow plays that no one else can make every game but he also just misses throws he doesn't see receivers he he it seems like you know they talk about quarterbacks the game slows down for them the, the game has not slowed down for Colin Kaepernick. I don't like last going very week, fast at home last week again another home game in a stadium named yeah, after a pair of jeans uh blows the, the game clock three times I think it was yeah right I mean, that's, I think that Wes is correct that what Kaepernick continues to do some things that only Kaepernick can do in a good way, but he almost seemed to be a calmer quarterback at the line of scrimmage in year one when he was starting than now. He I don't hasn't know what's progressed. Going on I never would have thought that, that both Wes and I, and I don't know if you guys agree, that Alex Smith right now is playing better than Kaepernick. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, I think Smith is one of those guys that everyone, the book's been written on him and people are going to be real slow to change their opinion, but... With what is around him, it is amazing what they did last week with what they have at wide receiver, which is essentially nothing the outside of Dwayne Bowe. The talent around him is getting a lot better, though. Travis Kelsey's le- yeah. he's legit. Sure. K- Kelsey, and they're bringing in Niles Davis, as a playmaker, or Niall Davis as a playmaker, too. They've got some interesting talent now for the first time in a while. Their offensive line has settled down, at least. They had a good game in Miami, a road game that they won convincingly. I'm just saying this team... I think on balance has been better than the 49ers this year. I think they have the better quarterback. And Alex Smith is going to get a little revenge on the organization that gave him up. All right. How uh, about A.J. Jenkins' revenge? <laughs> is he getting out of the field? He's starting for Donnie Avery this uh, week. What's the revenge? I, I grabbed millions from you, <laughs> produced nothing, and then continued my career somewhere it's else. A fair retort. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. A fair retort. That was that was similar to a couple weeks ago, Mark, when you were talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick getting revenge on the Bills for giving him a sixty million dollar contract. Well, by the way, after we you know pointed the finger at me saying that I was completely incorrect there, a narrative comes out that Ryan Fitzpatrick said he very badly wanted to win that game because he felt disrespected by Buffalo, the city, and the state of New York. How about that? Harvard getting pumped up. He's a maniac. He is. All right. Uh, before made we get me, made me like him more. Oh, sorry. We could go. No, on. no. I li- I always liked the Amish rifle, but seeing that in a passion kind of reminds me of Greg on a Sunday morning at about <laughs> 9:58, right before kickoff, when he gathers us in an alleyway. He's like a bumper car. He's just bouncing off people. Minus <laughs> Greg's inability to grow facial hair. Is that true? <laughs> I can totally well, grow facial hair. Oh, really? I've never seen it. He's got a little Don Johnson <laughs> look going on right now. Uh, all right. Before we get to the rest of the games, uh, let's take a quick timeout to go. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about Greg's QB index, which was released today on NFL.com uh, slash around the NFL, in which Greg broke. You could even go slash ATL still. You can. That will work. It still works. It, it'll it'll revert back. Are you kidding me? I don't know what they call that. What about 
NFL.com slash news. That wouldn't work, would it? That would work, too. Holy crap. Um, it's a vestige. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Greg's top 32 quarterbacks, as I look for it on our website, I'm really excited to find it. Let's go through. We'll start with the top shelf. You, you broke a, a six-pack of great quarterbacks, one through six. Phillip Rivers, number one. Peyton Manning, two. Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck at four. Aaron Rodgers at five, and Drew, Drew Brees at six. Wes, you've already said you agree with everything here. <laughs> Anything that maybe you were thinking, maybe that top six, we got to tinker with it a little bit. If there was one thing, I would, I would wonder how Brees is playing better than Big Ben. Or mm. Stafford, really, too. It's a good point. No, I don't see a tier separation there. between Breeze and the two of them. That's fair. I mean, he got a little extra name value. He maybe should be down. Breeze played very well in week one against Atlanta. He had an unbelievable second half against the Browns. He played pretty well against the Vikings. I think overall he hasn't been bad. He hasn't. It's not like you look at Drew Breeze and say he's had a bad season or anything like that. Well, not if he's at number six. There you go. This won't be the first time name recognition helps a quarterback on this list, by the way. That's Tom not Brady. <laughs> Thomas Brady. That's not true. Uh, all right. So, Mark, you okay with that top six? <laughs> yeah, this is based off of where we are right now. Oh, yeah. It? Quarter yeah, pole, okay. baby. Yeah, yeah this is just so supposed to be 2014, and that's it. I, I mean, I think Big Ben, what more could Big Ben have done at this point to get into the top five? It's fair. One more games, but that's not his fault necessarily. Well, actually, yeah, because he had the bad game in Baltimore, the offense, and they couldn't close this past Sunday. That's not, to me, that can knock you down to, quote, the next level, Greg you Rosenthal. Think Cam Newton's <laughs> playing better than Russell Wilson? I do. Here yeah. is the next mm-hmm. level. That's ben Roethlisberger, me. Matthew Stafford, Cam Newton, Joe Flacco, and Russell Wilson, 7 through 11. I got to admit, there's one guy who did get a boost from name value on this entire list and I just had a hard time putting him lower, and that was Russell Wilson. I don't mm. think he's done that much this year. If you really look at what he's Tasty. done, mm. they don't ask him to do too much. Cam Newton, I think, is throwing the ball better right now than he's ever done in his career. He played great last week. you got to watch that game, Wes. Recency bias. No, he's played good. Give me the game where Cam Newton didn't play well. Give me the game where Russell Wilson didn't Cam- play well. Cam Newton is obviously – he's thrown the ball well. He's been sacked more times than he's rushed the ball. You have that entire element of his game, which makes him so special, completely eliminated at this point. Well, he'd be in the top five if he had the, the running ability because I think the, the passing right now is as good as I've seen. And Joe Flacco right now is as good and as consistent as I've seen from him in a long time. All right, let's go to the next level after that, which Greg titled The Next Level After That. <laughs> That's my favorite part of this entire production. Maybe a rewrite there. <laughs> Number 12, Eli Manning. Ow, top 12. Uh, Tony Romo, Alex Smith, Jay Cutler, Colin Kaepernick, Tom Brady at number 17, and Andy Dalton at 18. Uh, Greg, I got I to gotta tell you, Andy Dalton is playing better than Tom Brady right now. You try to put – Tom Brady below I, well, the Dalton but scale. But that's what I think. Try to sleep at that's night. That's what it's that's all what about. I think you <laughs> you got to do it. I think you put Dalton somewhere just so that you can have. What is Dalton doing? The rest of it. Yeah. Andy Dalton is the most overrated player in the league right he's now. Really he's really He's the reason. You have him right in the middle where he should be. But Tom Brady, if this is about the first quarter right. of the season, I know he's, he's the golden okay. boy, but he's got to be lower after four games. I don't think Brady played poorly until Monday night. I really don't. I, I think last year when I did these, I had a whole thing kind of killing Brady, had him very low. I thought he was struggling early in the season. I honestly believe the first three games he played fine. Monday night was, you know, we don't want to talk about Monday night. 
<laughs> I do. Uh, anybody else have thoughts on that little tier? I I agree with Greg totally tier. from watching all of the Bengals games. All Dalton has done is dump the ball yeah. off to Gio Bernard. He doesn't do anything. And they right. ask him to make like six hard throws a game, and he misses four of them. Wait till Sunday night. I would I would say one thing song. that maybe Tony Ro- Tony Romo needs to be up a little higher than he is. But his first two games were brutal, so that's half. It of makes his. sense that he would have climbed okay. from the bottom. Uh, you right. could make an argument that Alex Smith belongs in the tier above too. Yeah, he had a, again. He had another bad week one, but he he has been consistent enough to to be higher. Yeah, he was great against the Pats. The after Dalton, this is the everything after Dalton, starting nineteen to twenty four. Austin Davis, number nineteen. <laughs> Nick Foles, ooh, you, some Nick Foles hatred coming from uh, Greg Kirk Cousins at twenty one. Even after that meltdown against the Giants, a Carson Palmer, Drew Stanton, poo poo platter. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill at 23, and Brian Hoyer, Sessler's boy, at 24. I disagree with Dan on Fools. You could put him lower. Yeah. He's been brutal. Well, that Niners game was abhorrent, but at the same time, I mean, you are looking at a guy that's getting protected by players that shouldn't even be starting in the NFL right now. Protection was fine in week one, and that was – I'm talking about the Niners game, though. I I know, but his worst game of the season was week one. It was one of the worst five games I think any quarterbacks had all year. He missed a lot of throws against the Colts. The The reason Foles is even that high, to answer you, Wes, is he does make a handful of really nice plays every game. I mean, he moves well in the pocket. Well, let's be honest. The, the reason he's that high is because of one game. He played lights out against the Redskins. Yeah, that's true. He has six giveaways this season. He had four all of last year. So, yeah, there's no doubt that his play is uh, dropped off after one. How about Hoyer escaping the bottom tier? Way to go, buddy. Well, let's look at the bottom <laughs> tier, and I'm not sure that's a compliment. Well, Dan hey, chastised me for not having him on surprises. You only have him 24th <laughs> out of 32. I wasn't the only one that chastised you. So did this guy right here and to my he, right, And then Greg he put Rosenthal. him underneath a guy who almost got pulled well, by Brian Tannehill. Let's be honest. He's played three games, and two of them, he's been fairly lousy. Greg, so it, why did you chastise me? Were, it's October, the hey. baseball playoffs. I'll use an analogy of the umpire that has the wide strike zone and then doesn't have the wide strike zone, batter to batter, you got to pick a strike zone and stick with it. What, whatever the strike zone is that says Hoyer's mediocre, that's the one. I'm TD on. has a hot take. Guys, what are the chances that Andy Dalton this year becomes good enough where he's no longer the AD skill? However, Austin Davis also improves and becomes consistent enough where he's the AD skill. Mm. I would say 2%. I don't think Austin Davis is going to ever be that good. Willing to eat your also, softball pants for that he's one? That good right now. I don't think that could be measured. I I, I do worry about that. Or maybe Chip it would Kelly be like a weight a coming off our shoulders. Austin Davis right now is what Case Keenum was after three two and a half games last year. That's fair. Here's the end game. These are the final quarterbacks: Matt Castle, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Geno Smith, Jake Locker, Josh McCown, Derek Carr, EJ Manuel, and the worst quarterback. In the NFL, I guess among guys that have started enough games to qualify for such a thing is Chad Henney. <laughs> Get excited about that end of the list. I thought <laughs> Gino would have. If I'm I had done this after a couple you, weeks, he would have been higher. I'm a little surprised that Gino didn't creep into the next year just because you've been a staunch defender. Uh, both in the beginning of the season, you were impressed, and then you've yeah. been defending him the last couple of weeks. He might be a little low now that he, I Yeah, well, him. you always have to put Castle a few spots higher than he deserves because that's your thing. <laughs> so what maybe that explains it. <laughs> I don't know. You gotta have. It looks weird. It was 31, and there was no Castle for a while, and I just thought that looks weird. you got to put someone. All right, let's go to the uh, – Good QB index, Greg. Do those come out every week? Every week. Wow. Thursday mornings. Are you kidding me? 
free. It's like the same as the free. end around. The end rounds every Friday every on NFL.com. Friday. Well, anybody else want to plug their content? The lighter side of sports. Wes and I don't and need football. to oh, use wow. the show to plug our own pieces oh, well, and stuff. It pious. is free, and if you were raised by uh, a mother and a father instead of a pack of wolves, that means you don't complain about it ever. It's free. <laughs> but we complain about the free food they serve here all the time. Although I, I, I think I've had words with you about that. Remember a couple of years ago, I was like, all right, enough of this complaining about the food. Yeah, I don't complain about food. That food. shut me up. Um, <laughs> I, I will hold you to that, Wes. Next time you complain, I will remind that, you of this. That would be the first time. All right, finally, let's go to the, the rest of the games before we get out of here. Uh, we'll start with Tampa Bay heading to the Saints. The Bucks coming off that shocking win over the Steelers on the road. Really uh, probably the biggest upset of the season to date, and now they have another tough task on the road against the Saints. Uh, I guess what makes this game a little tricky, we all picked the Saints, but what makes it a little tricky is that obviously the Saints have had their trouble on the road. They have they weren't exactly dominant when we saw them on the at home either in the Superdome. This is a game that if the Saints don't win by 20 points, then I think you two should start getting really worried about that Super Bowl I'm, pick. They this, better blow out the Bucks. This just in. I'm already really worried. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, Greg Cosell said on, I believe, the Ross Tucker podcast this week that Jairus Bird, or Jairus Bird. Jairus. Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird. Yeah, has been the worst safety in the NFL this season. How about that? Uh, I guess Greg Cosell is a lot better at measuring those things than we are, but he hasn't played well. Neither is Ken- I mean, his competition for the award might be Kenny Vaccaro. Ooh, ouch. Don't give Greg Cosell too much credit. Mark is the best at evaluating safeties in the entire Mark, country. Mark, let it rip. He did call Harrison <laughs> Smith last week. You know, I'm really concerned about uh, <laughs> Bird's back. That's obviously a big issue. Um, nice. And when I've, you know, unpacked hours of all 22 footage, concerned about his ability to – Shift and turn and make the tackle and close it, in on the guys coming downfield. Let's it be honest. It is true. This, is, this guy got more money than uh, any free agent in the league, and then he underwent back surgery right after that. But he Vaccaro, by the way. Kind of swindled the Saints. Vaccaro, number one on our making the leap list, and we are starting to look a rather suspect. Was he, num- he was number two. Last year, number one, Ryan Tannehill. So if you maybe don't want to be <laughs> on this list. Let's not talk about the making the leap list. Let's, let's keep it buried for now. And if we have to it face the music. To uh, so far, yeah, don't check it out. Don't go to NFL.com slash making the leap. Uh, Austin <laughs> Davis and the St. Louis Rams are heading to Philadelphia to face the Genius and the Eagles. Uh, Austin Davis officially named starter. Uh, the, uh, the Mr. Hill era is over. It didn't last that long. It took... One injury to open the door. Austin, so Austin Davis is playing well. I think he's number three on Greg's QB index. Uh, number three or four, I don't remember. Can he go into Philly and light up the Eagles and keep him in a game and a shootout potentially? No. No. Why not? He's, he's looked good every game he's been out there. Two words. Schottenheimer, comma, Brian. <laughs> I don't know. He's looked good with Schottenheimer the last couple of weeks. Maybe Brian Schottenheimer was just waiting for Austin Davis to come along, that they're a match made in heaven. Mark, he is, he's he's kind tried of a... to turn every other quarterback he's had into Austin Sessler Davis. So <laughs> here you go. Sessler and I have had this conversation several times where uh, Mark and, listen, defending Brian Schottenheimer is probably not something you want the type of business you want to get into. But Brian Schottenheimer, when was the last time he had a decent quarterback to work with? Maybe Austin Davis can play a little bit. Maybe Brian Schottenheimer. So all the, the Rams, new Adam Gase. all the Rams that made excuses for all the Rams fans made excuses for Sam Bradford for years, saying his receivers right. and running backs, offensive line were no good. Austin Davis comes in in three games, does something Sam Bradford never did. 
Maybe maybe Sam Bradford just isn't very good. Right. Potentially. It, Michael Kendricks, I believe, is going to be out again. They're not really good cover. You know, he's good at the touch pass. I could see some scoring in this game. The Eagles are a weird team. I don't know what this is. That's, the yeah, they are strange and. Nick Foles is kind of hard to figure out right now. We all took the Eagles. Moving forward, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we mentioned just moments earlier, uh, shocked at home by the Bucks on last Sunday, now head to Jacksonville to face the putrid Jaguars, who were forked by us, forked nice and hard uh, this past Wednesday. So now, to me, this, this smells exactly like everything is lined up for a nice 41-14 to 14 pasting uh, Steelers win. Anybody disagree? Nice callback to the Patriots-Chiefs score. Yeah. Making Greg just writhe in his seat. <laughs> Decades of happiness. Not on purpose, but potentially <laughs> under the radar, yes. I think the Jaguars will be a lot more competitive than that. I give this uh, crowd in Jacksonville a lot of credit for the noise they were bringing in their one game. Wow. It was 30 to nothing in that game, and they were going crazy they in the second half. They don't even know what's half. going on. I, I swear to God. I mean, I, I can't believe it. They Foxborough, just, they'd all be home by that they were point. Just they were just arguing over who, who gets the giraffe floaty in the cabanas. <laughs> Blake Bortles, though, first home start. They're going to be cooking. I don't know. He's completing, I think it's a little dangerous. But he's completing 70% of his passes. It's only a two-game sample size, but... You know, listen, who would have – last week we would have all been laughed off the stage to suggest that Tampa could score points like on, on Pittsburgh's defense. I like the idea of us being on a stage. Ooh. A dais. Can we get one? That would be awesome. Like maybe like in around the NFL play. This could be a, a mm. sneaky uh, <laughs> everyone in the pool game. No uh, No pun intended. Yeah, whatever you want to call it in Jacksonville. Uh, everyone in the pool for fantasy. 47. Marco Polo? Could be like 47 to 38. That's what I'm smelling. Oh, Party time. Everybody I, I will be stunned if this game isn't a blowout. Uh, here's a, a battle of two three-and-one teams that I don't think anybody predicted they'd be three-and-one at this point. The Houston Texans heading to Big D to face the Dallas Cowboys. And this shows you uh, how, uh, how the Cowboys are kind of moving in the right direction. Never a huge popular pick uh, among the around the NFL uh group, but we all picked the Cowboys to take care of business at home against the Texans. I guess Ryan Fitzpatrick's speech last week doesn't have any carryover effect (laughs) for the around the NFL. I think it also shows that underneath it all, when it comes down to a tough matchup, no one believes in the Texans. Turn down for what? I'm not sure it it needed that sound bite with it, but very well done. What a matchup if, if Watt ever gets way on the outside there, Watt versus Tyron Smith. How about Probably Watt versus Tony Romo's creaky back? <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Wait, so who are you picking? We're all taking the Cowboys. We all picked Dallas. And oh, I thought you I thought you were making a reference that J.J. Watt was going to well, maybe assess no, or an injury assessment. It is interesting because Dallas's <laughs> offensive line suddenly, you know, maybe top two, three in the league. They're and better at run blocking than pass blocking. I mean, let's see if they can deal with Watt. And Watt is the most relentless player I've ever seen in the history of football. The, talk, the Texans have some Turn of those. Down for <laughs> That's not why I said that. <laughs> it would be funny if just randomly for the rest of the year, just whenever some one of us starts talking, you just throw that in there. <laughs> I think it has nothing to do with JJ Wayne. It just shuts us up. Um, Watt has more. There's no talking through that one. Than like 15 teams or something yeah, right now. It's crazy. And the thing that special. watching that I monitored that Texans Bills game last week, and. You don't even – it's not recorded on the box score, the plays where he's swallowing up one or two guys and some other guy in the Texans gets a quarterback hit and gets a sack. It's happening all game long. No team has less impressive victories, though, if you're impressed by offense 
than the Texans. I mean, they were winning right. with these pick sixes by defensive linemen and block punts. I'm terrified of this game. Absolutely terrified because we, if we know anything from the Dallas Cowboys in the last three or four years, they are afraid of their own shadow. They are afraid of success. How many games have they blown where they were starting to get momentum in a season? They're 3-1. and one. They have a chance to jump to 4-1, and one, and here come the Texans, who they're better than. You totally see the Cowboys blowing this game. Well, one totally thing to agree. think about, though, Arian Foster does, did not look healthy at all against Buffalo, and, he, and, he, and he's a game-time decision at best right now. And he and Andre Johnson combined don't have as many touches, touchdowns as J.J. Watt. Let's talk some Kyle Orton. Ooh. Get excited. A former Cowboy. Why? Did you want to talk more about it? I just, want, just wanted to keep it moving. No, let's go I, right I was giving to you Kyle the final Orton. word. No, I'm fine. Kyle Orton. I like giving you the final word. Bang it out, and then we move. I made my point. Let's proceed to the Kyle Orton conversation. Kyle Orton is the starting quarterback of the Buffalo Bills now. E.J. Manuel exists now only in theory. He's a backup, <laughs> and now Kyle Orton leads a, let's face it, a talented Bills team to Detroit to face the Lions, uh, the Lions who are coming off a win on, on the road against the Jets or looking genuinely frisky this year, 3-1, and one, playing very well on defense. Have uh, Matt, We don't know what we're going to get from Calvin Johnson, who barely played against the Jets, missed another practice on Thursday, so I don't know what's going on with him. However... Good game right here. This is a really sneaky, great game of the week. Buffalo at Detroit. Your thoughts, gentlemen? I agree. Fun game. I asked Mark when I got in this morning, since he's our rookie guru, if the uh, addition of Kyle Orton makes Sammy Watkins the heavy favorite for rookie of the year now. Mm. He's got to start catching some passes. I think it does. Really? I think all he needed was somebody to get him the ball, and EJ Manuel could have been very good, though. He's not going for balls over the middle. I have week two stuck in passes. my mind when he had – he could have had 10 for 180 and three touchdowns yeah. if only two inch inches yeah. away plays happened. And he dominated that game. A lot of negative plays, but we're burying the lead here. Mark Sessler and Kyle Orton have, have a heat, uh, an animosity between each other, unlike any media – NFL player. Does Kyle Orton know about this? Kyle doesn't know quite what happened. But he doesn't you know, know you anything have, about you it. You have ranted about Kyle Orton, how distasteful he how is. How about this? I'm not into uh, guys that you know are collecting millions <laughs> of dollars and uh, openly don't want to be doing what they're doing. So you quit, and then you realize, oh, wait, I need that still. So bang, the Buffalo Bills need a quarterback. And you, now, you I, got I, rewarded for it. I, don't, I, I, I think the West may be onto something if Orton has got his head, you know, screwed on straight, this is a, this is an upgrade for the Bills at quarterback. And and suddenly, if he can even just looking at your quarterback rankings, a, a properly functioning Orton is higher than six or seven of those guys. Oof. I like he he's ornery already though. He was calling reporter. Didn't he say something was a clown question? Yeah, he said it, it was a crap question. Somebody said uh, <laughs> asked how will you run this offense better than EJ Manuel. Uh, and he said that's a crap question. And we talked about on Wednesday uh, some of his wide receivers openly saying how Orton gets the ball out faster and reads things better than EJ, and they have to adjust. Don't we that. always hear things like that though? Not an easy first. Yeah, you're right. They're in not an easy first matchup, having to go to Detroit and play in the dome. Who took who here? We all took the Lions. Lions across. Lions aren't just frisky; they're genuinely good. We're <laughs> we're not ready to take uh, Rusty Kyle Orton on the road. 
I, I, it wouldn't shock me. This was one of the tougher games for me to pick. I was a little surprised no one went with the Bills. I, I thought pretty hard about taking the Bills. The Jets are losers of three straight and now travel to the West Coast to p- play the San Diego Chargers, a team of ATL no- nominee, finalist even. Uh, Geno Smith, here's a little setback uh, with Geno Smith and the Jets offense. Eric Decker on Thursday pulled himself out of practice with a, the hamstring tightened up again. This is now something that you, you really have to concern is going to stick with him for a while. Uh, so the Jets could be potentially without Derek, Eric Decker without um, uh, who's David Nelson, who has an ankle injury. And when I mentioned David Nelson is maybe a big, big piece <laughs> right. of the pie that's out, that tells you a lot about the Jets' depth at wide receiver. So an undermanned Jets team slumping heads to San Diego. Who's got the Jets? You wouldn't even – you didn't even take Couldn't them. do it. Couldn't do it. I, did, I don't like the way things are going. I didn't like what I've seen from Geno Smith this week, who's having some issues with the, the media. He had the middle finger incident. He seems to be cracking a little bit right now. He doesn't seem to be in a great spot. And Phillip Rivers is just playing too well. He's going to carve up that Jets secondary. He's going to throw for over 300 yards, pass rating north of 110, three touchdowns. Away we go. Chargers seem like they have graduated from the point where you worry that they might play down to their level of competition and – and have a game where the Jets could beat them. I just think they're too mentally tough right now. I look at the game where you go into Buffalo, tough place to win, and you pull that out. That, for me, is when they graduated from that because that's a total spot where you see exactly. San, Diego, San Diego melting. You know, though, we, we sit and talk about these games, and we're missing the fact that five of these are going to end in bizarre fashion oh, of course. and make total fools of what we say. Who knows? Maybe the Jets yeah. pull this thing out. I mean, yeah, this, this isn't a wild mismatch or anything. And in general, when you look at this week, uh, and we talked about it downstairs, this is one of those weeks where you're picking the games. So like, oh, this seems easier than the prior weeks. Right. Those are always the weeks right. where you, ended up, you end up being shocked by what happened. So maybe the Jets save their season because at 1-4, and four, there probably is no coming back. I know how uh, New York narratives work, and it smells like next week's narrative will be well, what about Rex Ryan's defense? You know, this guy's supposed to be a defensive coach after the Chargers put, you know, 30 points out of whatever. Like, let's take the attention off Geno Smith and put it squarely yeah. on Or Rex. who let's thought rookie Jay Samaro would score a game-winning touchdown <laughs> against like the Chargers? Uh, finally, the final game. Ooh. <laughs> All your Sesslers are for things that you didn't actually predict. Right, I picked the that, Chargers, so that's I one got of the, covered on both ends. That's one of the trends of the season when we talk about the quarter poll. Sessler predicting things that go against his written predictions elsewhere. Well, in that all, I can point to something that came out right every time. Yeah, we were walking downstairs <laughs> after the podcast, and you went on this long rant how your, your team of ATL nominee, the Jets, are going to trash the Lions next week and prove us all wrong. And then I go and look at our picks, and you pick the Lions. Did I pick correctly? <laughs> You're a damn coward. Finally, Monday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks heading to Washington to face the Redskins. Uh, the Seahawks uh, seem to be in a very good spot here, considering they are a superior team. But on the road in prime time, the, the Seahawks aren't uh, as good on the road, and the Redskins uh, are frisky, although they're coming off a bad loss for uh, Kirk Cousins where he performed terribly. How do we see this? I want to see what the Redskins' defense looks like because I thought this team had some promise until that Giants game, and now that Giants game has stuck with us for two and a half weeks. And that's all we can remember. But this team looked pretty good for the first three weeks of the season. Yeah, I think that Bucks game, for instance, where they went out and got absolutely ripped by Atlanta, you thought, oh, they're going to lose every game this way. And then they come back and beat a much better 
team than them in the Steelers. I, I don't look at the blowouts, and it, does, it, it shouldn't stick with you, those blowouts week to week. This could be – this is Washington's season in a sense. In the, you got you got to show that you can do something in a home spot here. I don't want to overthink this. The Seahawks are a much better team than the Redskins. Oh, right. We all took them. Yeah, they are. But, hey, the Seahawks haven't won. When was the last time the Seahawks won a road game? 2013? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> How about this? February 1st, 2014. That's Super Bowl. <laughs> All Technically, right. that's neutral, but yeah. Whatever. All right, so that's it for <laughs> Thursday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back on Sunday, as we always are, the only NFL podcast that you will find that has a podcast up and ready to roll Sunday night for you to soak in, whether you're putting yourself to sleep or you're driving to work or you're pumping iron at the gym, Sizzler style. That's what we bring. Why hasn't some competitor jumped up and decided we'll do a show on Sunday night? they're too? afraid. It, seems, it, it just seems like no one's Don't connecting the Don't give them any ideas. Okay. All right, so we will be back on Sunday night. This is Dan Hansen signing off for the Sizzler, the Mailman, the Boss, and TD behind the glass. Till then. Well, if we're at a break, I'm going to blow my nose. <laughs> Use that at the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.